Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back with another jam-packed show. We have tons of stuff to discuss. We have Zellwanger making his debut with the Ducks. Uh, Corey Perry is back in the league. You have Patrick Waugh is back coaching. Uh, all kinds of stuff. This is going to be a jam-packed show. A plenty of stuff to break down. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the games on this show. And we will go into uh, a lot more league news, uh, trade rumor stuff, all kinds of talk going on. But uh, before we get to all that, Eddie, what are you drinking? Yes, love, love it. Mike, I don't know if I should admit this on the show, but I'm pretty high right now. I'm high after last night's win, but we'll talk about that when we go down and break these uh, games up. <laughs> I am drinking my Forever Pink Whitney and also my Michelob, actually a Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. I didn't even know it was organic. I just saw cucumber lime. I thought it was good, but pretty good drinking that. So I'm looking forward to talking about all these new topics uh, on this show and definitely looking to, uh, forward to talking about that uh, Buffalo game that we went to last night. Yes, for sure. We, we, we'll talk about how we broke our curse. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, let me guess. Red Bull Vodka. Oh, yeah. I already had a couple. Pre-gaming you know it before the show. One day on a, uh, one day when we decide to record on a Friday, we should have like a Freaky Friday and switch up our drinks. I'll drink what you're drinking. You drink what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous. Oh, I know. I'd, <laughs> too much liquor for me. No way. Oh, man. All right. So, let's... You know, we had, this was, man, talk about eventful. You talked about the Buffalo game, which we'll get to that in a minute. But there, were, there was a lot of eventful stuff uh, <laughs> with this team. And we actually started out with the road trip. Uh, we finished off, I don't know where we finished off the uh, last podcast. A lot of it was obviously about Drysdale and the trade. But uh, in this last week or so, the Ducks went to Florida. And they played, obviously, Tampa Bay. They played the Florida Panthers. And Eddie, you went to Florida, and you went there for the game against the Lightning. Do you want to, you know, obviously the Ducks lost that game. You all know it was kind of a crappy game, you know, 5-1. to one. There's not really a lot of good things to, to talk about in that game. But do you want to talk about your trip to Florida, the game at Tampa, you know, any of that? Yeah, it was fun. I got a little, uh, took a nine, days, nine days off of work, went to Florida for a few days, and wanted to sh- just to get out of California and... Never been to Florida. Coincidentally, the Ducks were going to play over there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Florida and watch the Ducks play. It was fun. Good experience. Uh, Said right there by the Riverwalk. Lots of lots of drinking. Lots of inebriated time the whole time there. That was fun. But I ended up going to the Tampa game. It was cool. Mike, I called an Uber, which was really cool. Called an Uber over there, which I shouldn't have. It was like only like a seven, eight-minute walk. But called <laughs> an Uber, and they picked us up in a Cadillac Escalade. I was like, holy nice. crap. Yes. So I was like, yes, balling. So we get there, and all the fans are great. I can say that the, the fans and the staff at the Tampa Bay Lightning Arena, I forgot what the arena is called, but they were so nice and friendly and cool. And I mean, you really can't talk crap against the Ducks. You heard last place team. So it was a good atmosphere. That that place was jam-packed. It was nuts. Beers were about $4 cheaper, so I was happy about that. Uh, it was a good experience. It was it, Despite the loss, it was good to see the Ducks play in a different venue. Um, it was kind of my goal to start 
branching out more and seeing the Ducks play or just hockey in general in different different um, stadium or arenas. One thing I ran into, I'm walking and I ran into to JoJo. That was fun. I got to talk to him during the one of the intermissions, just shoot the shit, have some drinks, and just kind of enjoy enjoy hockey, talking hockey. So that was pretty fun. Love JoJo. He just ex- exuberates the passion of hockey and a duck. So I, I love what he does. But yeah, um, after that, my buddy and I bar hopped, went to restaurants, and just had a great time. And it was fun. I mean, that hangover and flying back <laughs> wasn't too fun. But all in all, I, I really had a good time. And you know what? I flew American Airlines. My buddy booked it. It wasn't too bad, American Airlines. The seats were a little uncomfortable, but the staff was great, and the flights were amazing. So I can't complain. Looking forward to my next trip, um, planning it out soon. I, I don't know. I just might be spontaneous and just one weekend when Ducks are playing somewhere, just kind of book tickets and go over there and, and watch some more Ducks, ducks somewhere else. But, yeah, overall it was a fun time, and, I mean, I'll take it all day. I wish the Ducks would have came out at least swinging a little bit more, but it was still fun to watch. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, uh, Kalorn's his uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning gave him a nice little like welcome back, and it was really good to see everyone on their feet and talking to different fans. They really love him and they keep wishing him the best. So he had a lot of influence, and those fans still root for him over there. So that was good to see too. Yeah, you're right. They gave him a nice uh, little tribute video, which they also. Uh... And Florida did that for Gudas too on this trip, so that you had you had a welcoming back party for both of them on this trip. But uh, yeah, this this game, uh, I know you went and you had fun. You saw uh, JoJo and and hung out and whatnot. Uh, it was kind of rough, you know. The Ducks got down two uh, nothing early. You had Vetrano scored in this one, uh, but you know Tampa Bay just piled it on after that. There wasn't really much, you know, to talk about in this game. Um, uh, I guess a trend for the Ducks, unfortunately, is they were better on the special teams earlier in the season, and now it, that's just not quite the case. Uh, in this game, they had uh, three power play goals that they gave up all in the second period. Uh, that that That's really what did them in, in this game and kind of put out of reach. You also had uh, Leeson getting his clock freaking cleaned in this game, getting knocked out. It looked really bad. Apparently, he got a concussion from the way he landed. If you didn't see the video, we posted it on um, Twitter or X or whatever, which was scary, and he got knocked out. But luckily, you know, it it seems like it wasn't a long-term thing because he's already back and playing again. So that's the good news there um, out of that. But a a rough game overall in Tampa Bay. And then, uh, you know, they played in Florida on my birthday, which I was telling Eddie before the show, usually the Ducks lose on my birthday, but this one they actually won. It was that really, really early game on, on MLK Day, uh, 10 a.m. our time. Good Lord. Uh, but this was exciting because we thought Carlson was going to come back for the Tampa Bay game uh, from those reports that we had heard, but instead he came back in this one. Uh, like I said, they had the little welcoming back for Gudis. And we saw the Ducks team in this game that we had seen in the beginning of the season. They got behind 2-0. They fought back. They got behind 4-2. They fought back. And then Kalorn ended up winning it in overtime. So uh, a wild, wild game there. And they ended up winning. Uh, very, very exciting, Eddie. So, I mean, they had a disappointing game in Tampa. And then, a, you know, exciting game against the Panthers. So they, they ended up splitting the two games in Florida. I know. Go figure. Uh, they go and kick ass on the game I didn't go to. You know, I almost went to the Panthers one, too. Instead, my buddies, uh, he lives over there. and He and uh, he, he invited me a day too late when I already booked everything at Tampa. And we thought about going over there and driving over there and spending some more time. 
um, to see over there. But I just figured, hey, you know what? I want to be back home by a certain time to spend time with my brother. Um, it was uh, the one-year anniversary of my dad passing, so I really wanted to be back in time to spend that time with my brother. But if I didn't, I would have went to that game too. I was planning on it. Um, good game. Of course, a, a former person that played in Florida scores it and wins it. But um, I guess a big story here, Mike, was that whole uh, fan throwing that water bottle at Fowler and the Toronto's response after. Yeah, that was, that was the funny thing. So <laughs> there was uh, videos of Vetrano floating around with him flipping off somebody in the stands. And I forget who, but a couple different... I, I posted it, and then a couple people sent me different messages, and they said what happened is, is Kalorn scored that overtime winner. Then somebody in the stands threw a water bottle that hit Fowler. That's when Vetrano started flicking off somebody in, in, the, in the stands. And then I guess they were they were doing the same thing back to Vetrano and the Ducks. So it's just kind of funny. Like, I... I wouldn't expect that, like in Florida. I, w- I would expect that, like if the Ducks are playing the Kings, the Blackhawks, you know, some o- some other kind of team. I would have expected that that kind of shenanigans. But <laughs> the Florida fans uh, weren't happy. Uh, obviously, it's the Panthers in Tampa Bay, which are rivals. So so maybe with Kalorn, they were kind of pissed and they tried to hit him, but hit Fowler. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but. But that was like the over, I mean, obviously coming back and winning was the big story in the game, but that whole incident afterwards was like a big thing. And uh, I ended up calling it the Frank the Tank finger, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a shirt, uh, man. But you know what? This is the same fan base that throws rats on the ice, so it doesn't really surprise me. And then that fan that threw the water bottle, what a complete jackass. You just, I bet you, you know what? I bet you some older person just, just is a little... But think about a loser. Just goes home and just hates his life. Miserable. Makes his family miserable. It's people that do that. Like I remember back back when the um, the Nashville Predators are throwing those stupid catfish on the ice. Yes. I'm thinking it's some college students, drunk, whatever. It was like some fifty something year old guy. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're, you're that old, bringing a catfish <laughs> in, and I don't even know what you're doing with the catfish before that. Like. I don't know. It was just dumb. Uh, but you know what? The Frank the Tank finger it was cool. I, I wish it was, I want to say, what, 40 years ago hockey? Because if that would have happened, these players would have been in the stands beating the shit out of those fans. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, that reminds me of uh, old school hockey, like you said, for sure. Um, I, I just thought it was funny. I, You know, with, with Frank doing that, I was cracking up. I was like, what the heck's going on, you know? And then that comes out of what happened. I'm like, yeah. Makes sense, but uh, yeah, you're right. the The Nashville thing is pretty funny because those fans like wrap the catfish like in plastic and, and would put it like in their jacket or their pants. Like, talk about disgusting! And then they would go throw it in the ice. And then you got the Detroit fans too that do the same thing with the octopus. I'm like, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I get it. Detroit's original eight team, the octopus, but like, really, you're gonna go buy one? Put in a plastic bag and put it in your jacket or your pants and sneak it. I mean, like, you, that's just weird to me. The same thing with the catfish. That's just weird. Just putting that in your so, crotch and stuff. It's <laughs> gross. It's like a disease. <laughs> it's like a new disease waiting to happen. Like, man, you got to be careful in Nashville or Detroit. I, I think the only thing I want to throw on the ice is my hat. I've been wanting to throw a hat on the ice for years now. Um, we'll get to that later, but I, I don't know. People, people are weird. They have some weird, weird customs and makes them feel better in life i don't know i uh, that's kind of weird to me but to each his own yeah exactly so so the ducks they 
finished that part of the road trip and then they went to the capital uh against uh you know the washington capitals and they ended up losing this game did not start out really well they, they gave up an early goal they only had like three shots on goal in the first period they did not play well uh even though they were only down by a goal and then they ended up giving up an empty net goal so so there wasn't really a whole lot going on in this game unfortunately they dropped this one and then they had a couple days off and they also played the sharks and the Sharks, who are like, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, the Ducks lose that game too. Um, I was surprised in, in the game against the Sharks. The Ducks actually had two goals that were reviewed, and they went both in the Ducks' favor, and they still lost this game. You had the Sharks score early on. They challenged it. It was offsides. It did not count. And then you had Lacombe getting his first goal in this game. It, I didn't think it from the video didn't go all the way across the line but apparently from whatever angle they saw they said it was good to go so the goal counted but the ducks ended up losing to the sharks too which, which was pretty pretty frustrating so you know just just kind of a crappy road trip overall i mean good game on my birthday uh against florida but against the caps they couldn't get much going on the sharks it was really scoreless for a lot of that game until the end of the second period when you saw a lot of goals. I mean, obviously they got Couture and, and Strome back, so they, they got some reinforcements in there. But, uh, you know, I, I thought they'd maybe take out the Sharks, and of course they didn't. So uh, a couple, couple, you know, frustrating games there, Eddie. Yeah, I, I, that was – you know what's funny? I, I was I told you this too. I was supposed to go to that game. Like my plan was to come back to spend that time with my brother that day I wanted to. I was going to go fly that Friday to that San Jose game and watch it. Uh, my, my whole plan was to just kind of save money, and, and I didn't really want to go hang out in San Jose. I just wanted to go watch the game. I was going to fly over there the, the day of the game, and then come back, and most airports have a US, uh, USO. If you have military members, veterans, you're probably familiar with that. They have like cots and stuff you can sleep in. I was just going to sleep at the airport there and fly back. But my mom ended up coming into town, and I wanted to see her, so I just Canceled, kind of canceled that trip and didn't go, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have been pissed off. I wanted to go and never been over there in San Jose and saw the um, their arena. I thought the Ducks would easily beat them and get a good little win, but I would have been all pouty. I would have been all pissed off. I probably would have got annihilated drunk after that and been <laughs> hung over on the airplane again. And, yeah, I'm glad I didn't go. But, yeah, you know what? You're right. That goal didn't look like it passed the line, across the line fully. So I'm with you on that one, but... I mean, to each his own. It's hockey. Some things, uh, it's just like like the whole offside thing back in the time before was like the whole re- reviewable. Just things happen. Things get missed. And uh, fortunate for him, he got his first NHL goal. But you know, congratulations to him on that. Yeah, I, the other angle from the front, it looked like it went across. But I mean, this was the same angle going back to the nonsense earlier in the season that they they've used a couple times. So I don't know. They must have had some other angle. I mean. I do believe it was a goal. I'm just saying whatever they showed on TV, the angles we saw, because you see the goalie kind of goes over the puck uh, from that overhead, and you can't see it when, right when at the moment of truth when it's about to go over. So, um, But it's just weird. You know, The Ducks had two goal review calls, and they both went in their favor, and they still lost that game. So, so very, very frustrating. They ended up um, coming back home. They played the Rangers. And stuff started out fantastic. I, I was there for this game. Henrique scores in like the opening minute. He gets another goal. The Ducks are up 2-0. They're still up 2-1 in the third. And then, you know, stuff just falls apart and they end up losing. Uh, I thought they played a pretty good game against the Rangers. You know, the Rangers are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, 
part of the problem is uh, again penalties, which I kind of talked about earlier against Tampa Bay. They they got in penalty trouble against New York. New York has one of the best power plays, and they made the Ducks pay in this one, and they ended up scoring you know four times in the uh, third period uh, to come back and rally. So th- th- that game was just extremely frustrating. I, I you know I thought that. They were going to lose, I thought, going... You know, going into the San Jose game, I thought, okay, they're going to win. They have a good chance. They end up losing, obviously. Going into this game against New York, I thought, oh, they're going to get blown out. And then the way they played in the first period, and they still had the lead after the second period, I thought, oh, man, that like the Ducks could win this game. Like, And I, I think that's another thing with this team is like you just don't know what you're going to get every night. It, it You know, you, you play terrible against Tampa. Then you play this exciting game against Florida. You know, you have this this kind of a boring game against the Caps and, and then, you know, kind of a wild game against the Sharks. I mean, I, you know, every night is just, it's just something different with this team, Eddie. Uh, I, I, you can't really predict what's going to happen. It, it, they can play a, a solid team or a crappy team, but uh, I don't know. You just, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and they've been in most of these games too. Obviously the Tampa Bay one, they weren't, but Florida, they were in it. The Caps, they were only down by one late. The Sharks, they were only down by one late. Um, the Rangers, they were winning in the third and blew it in the end. So, I mean, they're still competitive. They're still in the games. They're still fun to watch. But um, it's just like, what, what, what is that line? It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you, know what's so, you know what's so right? funny? I was, <laughs> well, after you were going to be done talking, I was going to be like, the docs are like a box of chocolate. I was just, that was on my mind, the like Forrest Gump thing. <laughs> so you beat me to it, but you're 110% right on that. Yeah, I just these games are just weird. I, I just I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, and then, and then the funny thing, and we'll talk about it now. We kind of hinted at it in the beginning, but um, Eddie decided to go to the game against Buffalo, and I was laughing because like he hits me up during the day, like, "Oh, you're gonna go?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna go," and we were kind of debating about going uh or not going I, it was just dependent on my better half schedule she had a lot of stuff going on with work so i wasn't really sure what the plan was like i, I almost hit you up to go with me but then you got a ticket and she said she could go so long story short all three of us went and uh eddie and i laughed because i think we're like zero and three or something when we when we've gone to the games together this year so i thought oh man they're gonna lose and no the ducks actually play one of their best games against buffalo they you know they they come out with a goal in the first period they build a three nothing lead in the second period they almost did blow it late in the third period but uh they had a great game uh, overall and they end up winning so the, like eddie and i joked though know, the curse is lifted of us going to games and the ducks losing this season so we can you know now go <laughs> to any game together in the future and i think we'll be okay but um that was a lot of fun. I mean, we all went, uh, my wife and I have our seats and, and there's a couple that sits next to us and they usually scoot over a seat. So Eddie was able to sit down and hang, uh, you know, with us. And, and I mean, I, we just had a fun time, man. That was great. Yeah. You know, what's so funny. Like it's my, it's my whole pettiness. I, I had to go to pure hockey and people that don't know, I, I live in, let's say the, um, like, Pomona Fairplex, if you guys, that's the kind of biggest thing I, I live by. I live in Claremont. That's about what? I'm going to say 25, 30 miles away from Anaheim. I'm so petty that I needed hockey pants. I, I Roller hockey, inline pants. They're ripped. And I could have ordered these a long time ago, paid the, what, $17, $18 in shipping, or I think like 30 bucks in shipping. Um, I didn't order them. 
and my pants got worse when I played the game. It's on Sunday. I completely a big. I, I can't even tape them anymore. It's just the hole so big. So like, instead of me ordering it and just getting it faster, I waited to the last minute. I usually play hockey on Wednesdays. I'm like you know what, I'm just gonna go over the pure hockey. Get, get the get the get stuff I need. Avoid that whole shipping charge, and I'll just probably go to a game because I'm not gonna drive back in traffic. That's that's like crazy. That's why I hit up Mike. I'm like, hey Mike, you going to the game? I'm gonna go too. I was I wasn't planning to go by myself if you weren't going. So it worked out perfect. I kind of crashed on Mike, and it's a better half date night, but it worked out fine. It was fun, a great time. Um, I couldn't have scripted it better my, myself. Uh, I usually don't do things Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays because work and hockey and everything. But it was fun, a great game to watch. I bought a hat thinking Silverberg was going to get that third goal and I can finally throw a hat on the ice. I've been there a few times when uh, a, a hat trick was scored, but I've never thrown my hat, my hat on the ice. So I was like hoping that would happen, but... Regardless, the Ducks got a good win, and we got a nice little scrap toward the end of the game, and it's just fun. Um, I, we found we found a formula that works too. Uh, the whole musical chairs with Mike and his better half. We kept switching seats and stuff, and it seemed to be working out for us. So, good game, Mike. Thank you again for uh, letting me tag along in that game. It, I couldn't have had a better Tuesday night. And I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I was so high off this game last night, I couldn't sleep. I was excited talking about it and just reading about it and going back and seeing the clips and everything. So I was on a level 10 high after watching the Ducks uh, beat the Sabres last night. Yeah, it was a fun game. It was good to see the Ducks get ahead and get a lead and play well, you know, throughout, like we said, a little little bit of a down play towards the end there in the third period. But overall, they played well. And yeah, we we did a musical uh, chairs thing during the game. Each period, we kind of rotated our seats. <laughs> we all sat differently each period, and I guess it worked because you know the Ducks ended up winning. Um, the other big story, obviously, in this game is you had Zellwinger got called up. He played in this game. He also got some power play time. He took a point shot on the power play that that was blocked, but Carrot got to it and kind of baseball, uh, you know, batter up, knocked it in, and got a goal. So you know he picked up an assist in his NHL debut. Two shots on goal, three uh, block shots, played about 14 minutes, and, and he looked good. Zellweger looked really good in his debut. I thought he played solid. He uh, kept the puck in front of him. Um, you could see his speed, his puck movement. Uh, he threw the body around a little bit out there. Uh, I was really impressed with what I saw with him playing in this game. Uh, you know, I, I, I was excited. I thought it was great because, and we'll talk about the team here in a little bit and like what's kind of going on and you know the direction I guess you could say for the rest of the season but this team won't make the playoffs and they're not going to be you know super competitive which is I know it's you know a, a recurring thing we've talked about on the show all the time but I, I you know the thing is we got to work on the, the the progress of this team the rebuild and bringing a Zellwinger up to get in the mix uh, to me was you know a thousand percent the right decision. You've got all these guys hurt on the team right now. Um, you know, let, let's just bring up these players. <clears throat> you know, even if you're going to stick to maybe the ten game rule uh, uh, for some of them on the entry level contracts and whatnot. Um, you know, however they're going to you know divvy up the games or whatnot. But I'm all for Verbeek bringing up players, giving them time in the NHL. Uh, you know, let them figure out the chemistry and the speed of the game they make mistakes uh, all that kind of stuff so I was really excited to see him come up and play they got the win he had his family in the audience 
they got to see his first uh, point. So, uh, you know, it was a feel-good game all the way around. Gibson looked really sharp in this one, too. Um, uh, you know, and, and like Eddie talked about at the end, uh, Gibson took a little shot to the head, and then it would just, you know, unfolded with, with a couple scraps at the end of the game, which was great to see the guys stick up for each other. Uh, Carrot cracked me up. He was going after everybody on the ice during the game, and and one of those scrums, he skated around the scrum, and I forgot who he, it was, but he went up to somebody on Buffalo. Krebs. And, 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 oh, Krebs, that's right. He went up to Krebs, and then, then all that kept going on again and again, and uh, <laughs> it was just it was just a fun game. Um, the other part of it too was my better half's you know favorite player right now is Gudis, so I got her a Gudis jersey, and she also wore that too. So. So that I don't know if that's part of the formula too uh, that you know Eddie and I finally got a win together. But she wore the jersey and musical chairs. I you know I, I don't know exact formula if we got to like do that again, but uh, it ended up working out. And so you know that was good. It was good to see them win. And and I know some people are out there thinking about the tank and and losing, getting a high draft pick. I you know I I don't really care so much about the outcome as much going on here with you know. You know we're all we're over halfway through the season now, obviously, and, and things are going rough. But I like seeing games like this where they they fight hard, they play competitive, they stand up for each other, and and they you know other than those those few minutes in the third, they they played a more complete game than they've usually played uh, this year. I mean, we did see that in the Ranger game. They you know they played pretty good overall, and and then that one too they. Could have, I think, won that one. They had uh, McTavish got a goal, and they were, they would have been up three to one in the third period in that game, but that was called back on offsides, and then the Rangers tied it up, and, and I feel like they took the momentum out of the Ducks there. So, you know, I think that they they might have been able to beat New York, and New York's a really quality team. They just just you know fell a little bit apart there in the last minutes of the game. So, I, I see progress, and and that's I think the key with this team. Yes, there's things that they need to work on, that they need to prove on. We'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about that in a minute with the the team. Well, with the team stats and whatnot. But um, I, I liked what I, I saw in the last two games. Uh, you know, even the game in Florida too. I, I felt like they've been they've been competitive and fighting it out. And I, I mean, that's all you can really ask for for the rest of the season. I mean, that that's what I look at is is the process. And, and getting these younger guys involved, getting them more experience, um, you know, because we're just we're just down so many people. We're down like 160 games due to injuries or something crazy like that. I mean, it's just been it's just been stupid with that. But uh, the the fun and the excitement of going to the games and watching is still there, and, and then being competitive is uh, is nice to see Eddie. Oh yeah, you know I don't really care if, if ducks like I said if, if ducks go 0 and 82, I'll still be a fan. I'll still want to go and watch the games. It's just fun. I love the environment. I love being around hockey fans, uh, minus the, that one idiot in Florida throwing his water bottle. Um, <laughs> no, it was cool. You know, it, it just happened. Like, like yesterday worked out perfect. Like like you said, your better half had stuff to do. You almost didn't go to the game. I was contemplating if I really wanted to go drive over there just to buy some inline pants and a couple other things I needed. Um, but it's it all worked out perfect, and I, I always like – I always say the whole universe puts you where you need to be, and we'll just kind of guide you. And I, I don't know. I, I felt really good being there. It just was really fun driving home, just having finally driving home with the wind. That was actually good. With the whole icing on the cake for me, like going to the game and everything, was uh, Zally's debut. I didn't know he was going to come. I was so drained with work and just so focused on just 
grinding out my, my my normal job i didn't even read it and i had no idea what was going on but when i found out that like i get to watch his like debut game i was like that's <laughs> awesome that, that's cool i missed leo carlson's uh, debut game so that was a uh, i'm glad i got to be able to see um him make his debut him played well i i didn't even know i couldn't even tell sometimes that uh, he he was a rookie he just he looked comfortable he looked poised he 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 made some shots a, a couple times he should have shot but he elected the pass he almost scored a goal on one of them. It was blocked. Uh, he looked good. He he just he looked like he belongs there. He's a special player, and the whole the whole hype about him. Uh, we 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 got a low small sample size on what we're gonna get from him. So that's really cool. One thing that we didn't talk about too was Leo Carlson almost had the goal of the year before he was taken down. Holy hell! If he would have scored that goal, that would have been just lights out goal of the year. And the confidence about him, his speed. I know I listening to a podcast, I forgot which podcast I was listening to before when he first got drafted. He said he wanted to work on his stride and his like when he first takes off, but it seems like I, I don't know. Mike, I don't know. Watching the game last night, him him with the puck, he just kinda of coming in slow and turns on the jets, beats the players, gets right in front of them, has those the dangerous threats one on one with the goalie. I'm so glad we picked him. I'm I'm glad we picked him over Fentali. Um, he, he, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's going to be a super or a franchise player for this Ducks team. I'm glad that we have him. But, man, that that was an almost goal. That would have been great. We forgot to mention, too, um, the Ducks assistant coaches, their sons play on the Buffalo Sabres, too. So that was nice to see them to get the little family pictures and kind of go head-to-head against each other. Yeah, it was like a family affair because you had two players on Buffalo and then you had two assistant coaches on the Ducks. And then, of course, you had the family in the stands for Zellweger as well. And family in the stands for all them. So uh, you had a lot going on in that game against Buffalo. And it worked out well. It worked out well for everybody except for Buffalo. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was good. It was exciting. Um, I was happy to, you know, see, like you said, that you know, Carlson, too. The way he's been playing uh, has been outstanding, and and we had a fan question about that too. We had our buddy Tom in um, in the UK asked us too about Leo being a contender for a Calder, or would Bedard take it? And obviously Bedard's uh, out now with his jaw injury. Um, you know, I I, I think Leo has a chance, but um, I, I don't know. It depends on when Bedard gets back and what the points are going to be. Um, I mean, I think they're both in the mix. Uh, but you know, prob- probably the league more leaning towards Bedard, I would think, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, I think he was my whole conspiracy theory thing. I, I think he was a lock when he got drafted first overall when when the league gave him gave him to Chicago. And, and I don't care how it makes me sound, and people are like, get over it. No, I just like I mentioned to you offline, Mike. After the draft, when you have to go and kind, of, or after the whole lottery thing, when you have to go and. And convince and keep saying how it wasn't rigged and all the articles coming out how it wasn't rigged uh, uh, after YouTube video showing what's going on. Like, come on, I'm not stupid. I don't believe in coincidences like that. But I think he makes a strong case, but I, I don't think he takes it. I think when Bedard comes back, if he gets even close to his point production or even just gets to the level he is, then he's going to win it. He's locked for it. But, yeah, I think Leo would have been a good uh, a candidate. I think Minty, too, he, he started off strong. No one really knew he was going to come in and do what he did, but I think he would have been a, a good candidate too. But I think it's it's Bedard's trophy, and, and the league's not going to have it any other way. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. I'm not really worried about it either way. I, I just, for me, I, I'm 
I, and I guess this kind of goes into our next segment uh, about the team overall, like kind of what's going on is I just want Carlson to be healthy. You know, he had that spill, God, at the very beginning of the season. Then he had the one that you and I witnessed in person, and now he came back a little bit sooner. So I just want him to stay healthy because, you know, looking at this team right now, it, it's been extremely rough uh, for the Ducks. You have Zegers who um, had ankle surgery, and he is out six to eight weeks. And then you've got Minty. You talked about him recently. Uh, you know, he he's out, separated shoulder. They're talking four to six weeks. I, I heard it might be sooner that he's maybe doing you know a little bit better. Um, that's what happened with Carlson. Carlson came back like a week or so uh, sooner. So that that's maybe some good news. Uh, I also heard Jones, who's on the IR, might be back in about two weeks. Um, so you know it looks like the Ducks might be able to get a couple of these guys back. And then the surprise one that came up recently was Kalorn. Uh, they just announced that he, you know, has to have surgery on his left knee. Now he's out for four to six weeks, and they talked about on the broadcast uh, recently with the Ducks that uh, I think I believe it was the game in San Jose. They were talking about where he he's had this injury for a while, so it, it kind of leads me to believe that that I'm not going to say that the Ducks are thrown in the towel necessarily for the season, but if Kalorn had this nagging injury for a while. And he's having surgery now. Um, I, I think that they're just deciding to do it because of the way that the season has gone. If the Ducks were competitive and had a chance at it, he'd probably keep fighting through it and maybe have you know the surgery in the off season. But they're going to do it now, and I mean that makes sense. I mean, and Kalorn's had issues too. Remember, he had his finger that was jacked up in the beginning of the season. So I, it's just like. I, it's just never ending with this team. There's, it just, I feel like every other game, we're like, who, who got hurt? And then, you know, in the game against Buffalo, too, Terry got knocked out for a little bit in that third period. And then he uh, went to locker room, then came back. He was on the bench. So, you know, hopefully he's okay and good to go. I mean, it's always a good sign when they come back the same game. But, um, not to make excuses for this team this year, but man, it's just it's just been frustrating. I mean, we even started out the season, you know, uh, with the contract stuff with uh, Drysdale and Segrist, and Drysdale got hurt, McTavish got hurt. Um, I, I mean, it's just it just goes on and on and on. So, um, you know, if Carlson going back to you know if he was able to win the Calder, cool, but. I don't really care about that that much. I, I just want this team to be healthy. I, I just feel, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the last two or three seasons, like we've angered the injury gods. Like we need to like sacrifice a lamb or something. I mean, I don't know. We got to do something, Eddie, because the injuries have just been beyond crazy uh, in the last couple of seasons. How dare you talk about hurting an animal, Mike? You know, I love animals. <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, um, I just think we're due. We're just, all teams go through this. Um, I mean, look at the. I, I always mention the Avalanche too, because um, I was like, like I said, I if, if you're a new listener, I was stationed over there in Colorado. They're my second favorite team, and I watched them go through their worst franchise season uh, ever, and how down in the dumps they were, and, and how they rebuilt uh, to the whole like powerhouse team they are right now. Uh, it's kind of similar to the Ducks. Like the Ducks are just they're finding their way. They they have a lot of potential, a lot of future superstar franchise type players. Um, it just, we keep having bad luck. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the injuries, but I mean, you, you can't really blame the injuries on anyone specific. You can't say, oh, the, the coaching staff, the medical staff, 
you skate the wrong way, you turn the wrong way, you get hit the wrong way. It's it's a hard hitting sport. Like I mean, we're not out there playing badminton or anything like that. So our chess. Um, well, actually, I got hurt playing chess. Never mind. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's a long story. But um, I think we're we're, we're going to be due. I didn't have the Ducks making the playoffs at all. I had the Ducks being a bottom five team this season. Like I said numerous times before on this podcast. We're just going to find our groove. We're going to find what works for us. We have a brand new coach. We have new players coming in. We have young stars ready to emerge, waiting to make their mark. It just can be one of those times where everything's going to click together. Everything's going to go, and this is going to be a thing of the past. I I know right now it sucks to go through, and as a fan, sometimes it gets frustrating having to watch your team. Like I went, what, six games so far this season, Mike, including the one in Tampa. I'm one in – no, now actually – yeah, two and five now in games, seven games. So um, I know it gets frustrating. It's annoying, but we have to just keep our heads up and enjoy the games. I mean, don't go expecting, oh, Ducks are gonna win. They're gonna, or you know, do this and do that. Just go to the game and have fun. Mingle with people. Like, like I can't tell you how many games I go to. I just talk to random people wearing the same jersey. Like, it's just cool. It's just a good experience and. And just take it for what it is. We have we have a lot of um, we have a lot of potential, and we have a a team that people keep talking about. Listening to other other clips, other other uh, analysts, always mentioning Anaheim this, Anaheim that. We have the tools to be such a great team, but we had to let these players marinate and kind of come to form, find their game, get their their mark in the NHL, and and really find their groove. And once that happens, it's, this team is just going to be completely dangerous and lights out. And I can't wait till that happens. And like I, said, I keep saying, and I'll say it every single damn show, Mike, I can't wait till we look back on these shows of how bad the Ducks are and we can talk about how great they are at that present time. Yeah, I look forward to that too. Uh, you know, the what was it, the 2014 through, you know, 18 or 19, whatever it was, where they – would win the division every year and they would make the playoffs and it was just a matter of, okay, how far are we going to go? And I, and I think we can get back to that. I, I definitely do. I, I, I think that, you know, get through the season and, and see what happens next year and hopefully we get through there. And kind of leads to one question. We had uh, Super Bajoran 31 asked, you know, what do you think about Tracy, Regenda, Nestorinko, and those guys, you know, coming up to the NHL, being NHL ready. Uh, obviously, we've got Cutter Gauthier, uh, coming in the mix, he just had a hat trick in one of his games. If you if you missed that as well, he's lo- he's looking good. So you know these other guys on the horizon are they NHL ready yet? Uh, I I don't think that they are. I, I don't know, but I, I think bringing them up next season, there's a good chance. I like what I saw with Zellwinger. Uh, obviously, it's a small sample size. It's just one game. He looked great. Uh, I like what I see with uh, Gautier. Again, it's college. It's a you know small sample size, and you've got these other guys down here in San Diego. Uh, that are mentioned as well. So I think there's plenty of people in the pipeline to come up and get into the mix. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, the fitting in the, the lineup and the roster and seeing how, how it all shakes out. But I think the biggest thing is going to be um, next season, really. And I know it sucks because we're like just over halfway through the season and we're already kind of focusing next year. But that's where we're at, the rebuild. You know, you had Verbeek that did that. A uh, couple interviews he, he did um, on the Ducks stream and whatnot recently talking about what's going on with, you know, he talked about the Drysdale trade and how the team's doing. Uh, he had that other one we talked about in the John um, Shannon podcast too. And, uh, you know, the Ducks have lost a lot of close games this year. 
And he mentioned that, yes, they've had a lot of injuries, which, you know, you can't, you can't sit there and, like Eddie said, blame it on that. He's just kind of talking about what's been going on. But I look at that, and, and I'm curious to see. Maybe some of these guys do come up this season. Maybe Tracy gets a, a crack this season, Regenda. Uh, you know, maybe some of them do get a chance. Uh, if they don't, you know, maybe next season. We know from uh, the interview with Alexis Downey talking about uh, Cutter and also with uh, Verbeek, too, that once his college season's done, the plan is for him to sign his entry-level contract. And, you know, depending on how far they go in the college playoffs, which it sounds like they can go pretty far, um, you know, he may be able to come up and play with the Ducks for one or two games at the end of the season, which I'm all for that, too. So, for me, it's it's I want to see these guys, as many of these young guys uh, coming up, try to get into these games at the end of the season because... It's just valuable experience. These games aren't going to matter in the second half of the season um, in terms of making the playoffs because that's not going to happen. But if we can get these guys up here, get this experience and revamp this team up and get them ready for next season, uh, I like what I see, Eddie. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. And i rather, hey, let's get them into these meaningless games, get them the experience so then next season we can really go at it. Exactly. And so you have to keep your head up on that. I'm not saying next season is going to be different, a complete 180. We're going to be Stanley Cup contending team, but I don't think we're going to be as bad as we are right now. Um, it's just the injuries and everything wasn't clicking. We have a new coach, a new system. We have brand new players like Kalorn that's never uh, had a different system than what he was used to in Florida. We have good as we have so many different factors and so many moving parts and different uh, differently coming in this team. So we have to just kind of find that identity once again and, and go from there. And Ducks really haven't really had that identity for a while. So getting the players that they need, the right players, not necessarily – well, they have the, the talent and the best players that they have right now in the prospect pool, but getting that kind of all blended together and finding the ingredients that works and hopefully next season we do. Um, it's just a lot of potential uh, coming up from here. Uh, we made some good trade, uh, good trade so far. I know it's hard to see Drysdale go, but I think it was the right one to do. And uh, we have a lot of upside to, to Cutter coming over here, and hopefully he can produce uh, how he knows how to produce. He actually scored a hat trick on his birthday, too, so happy birthday to him as well. Uh, maybe he scored the hat trick for you, Mike. It was your birthday. So if I listen to the podcast, <laughs> like, hey, Mike's birthday, let me score a hat trick for him. But, but Team yeah, Capricorn. Um, <laughs> there we go. Team Capricorn. Um, yeah, it's just. It sucks, but I just I'm I'm happy to be a Ducks fan. I'm glad to be a Ducks fan, and I appreciate all you guys listening and keep listening to the show. Uh, we had a few people come up to us yesterday, Mike, uh, come up to you asking about when's the next show. Um, we actually uh, I got to run into Mario too, that uh, that works with us too in Ducks and Pucks. It was good to actually finally meet him and see him. So hopefully we can all get a game together and we can all go and and have some fun. But I mean I'm still happy to be a Ducks fan. I'm still happy to go to games. Um, I'm not one of those people who are like, or oh, I'm not going to go to the game. Ducks are losing. I just, if I feel like going to the game and time permits and have I scheduled it, I'm going to go and just, I'm going to have a good time whether the Ducks win, whether the Ducks lose. Um, it's just, it's it is what it is for me. I love hockey. I, I my dad introduced me to this sport and I fell in love with it and I still love it. So I'm looking forward to the future and looking forward to finally getting out of all these injuries. I think Leeson too took a, a nasty hit, a fall, and I was all scared yesterday too um, about. If he's gonna get hurt, you mentioned Terry too. He left. He left and came back. Um, it's not gonna get easier. It's only gonna get rougher. It's just that—that's how it goes. 
more teams are trying to solidify them, their spots into a Stanley Cup or wild card or, or a standing in that, that cup final. So it's, it's not going to get easier. But like I keep saying uh, day in and day out, I want this team to improve. I want them to, to be a better team than they are today, tomorrow. So like like whatever they can do to improve a little one little thing they can improve against the Buffalo game when they play Dallas do that uh, special teams maybe a, a different shot or, or something I, I want to see that but I'm still happy I'm looking forward to see if Zally stays up or we have I mean we I know we have abundance of defensemen um I, in my opinion I don't think he should stay up I think get him a few games get him the experience have him get a little taste of it get his his beak wet as I would say. And yeah. let, let him go back and keep dominating the AHL and help them out over there and just kind of gearing and getting those fundamentals in his game. He'll get get the, the small sample sizes of NHL. Nobody has to work on down in the AHL, and that makes him a better player. But, yeah, one thing, too, I mentioned to your better half. I don't know if um, uh, he has those Aston Kutcher's lips, but uh, Zelly has those, like, bright red lips. I was like, I was kind of jealous. Like, man, I had to put on chapstick to have that, but... No, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, let's just keep our heads up. Let's be good Ducks fans and just, you know, I mean, give the social media guys a break too. Like, I know a lot of people are just bashing them. Like, social social media guys don't control the team. They're just, they're posting what they have to post. Um, one thing do, too I, I did want, and I keep saying now, I do want the Ducks to let these players pick their own numbers. I spoke with the Ducks a while ago regarding that about Leo Carlson and they said they're getting more laxed on it, and not, not like before that they would just assign them those random 63, 54, those kind of weird numbers um, that they assigned. But they're getting a little bit more lax. So it's, it's good to see that and hearing it from them. Hopefully they just in the future just, hey, you're on the team, you make the team. What number do you want? I think it's important to have the, that number you have on your back. I'm superstitious. I know a lot of hockey players are superstitious, so. I would prefer to see that. Um, yeah, 51 kind of was a weird number for, for Zally, but hopefully uh, next season when he fully makes the team, they can let him pick his number and be good to go from there. Yeah, I don't know if there's any significance behind that number or not. I, I don't know if, if that was just what they let him get or whatnot, but you're right. A lot of times they don't get to pick what they want. I mean, it was cool to see Carlson get 91. Uh, that's the number he wanted, so you know it worked out for him. So it's good. But yeah, I'm with you. You know, being a little bit more lax with the numbers would be great. Um, just real quick, just a reminder that we are part of the Old City Sports Network. Uh, we have several sponsors that are listed in the description box. One of them is the RighteousFelon.com uh, beef jerky. Check them out. You can get a 15% discount with OCSN. We also have SeatGeek as well. You can use a promo code Old City Sports Network for twenty percent off on your first uh, first purchase. So some of the, some of those good sponsors that we have with Old City Sports Network. So check them out. Um, you know, we talked about the youth and, and everything with this team and bringing up the players. I'm with you too, Eddie, on, on Zellwinger. You know, give him a taste, send him back down. Uh, you know, maybe we do this with some of the other guys that we've been talking about. The other part of this equation. And has been the big talk with the team has been all the trade rumors. And there's just been a crap ton of them. We addressed the Zegers ones a lot on the last show. If you want to go back, you can listen to that. And we may talk a little bit about it here. But the um, the there's a lot of trade boards too out there. But there was one by The Athletic that was put out by Chris Johnston. And it had uh, the top 30 uh, trade targets. And it had four on there from the Ducks. 
Number nine, Adam Henrique. Number 11, Ilya Labushkin. 15, Trevor Zegers. And 20, John Gibson, which uh, was kind of interesting because Elliot Freeman did talk about Gibson on his podcast, 32 Thoughts, recently, and he doesn't think Gibson will be traded. So <laughs> there's a lot of this stuff going on right now. It's going to be crazy for the next month or so before the trade deadline comes out. Um, but uh, what, what, do you th- what do you think... Uh, with all this, I, I really think Henrique, like if we were to make our own trade list and maybe post it, which maybe I'll, I'll do something like that. I, I really think Henrique is, is probably the, the main person on the Ducks team that, that could go, um, you know, he, his contract's done at the end of the season. You have Silverberg whose contract's done at the end of the season, but they're both in the 5 million range. So the Ducks would have to retain. I, I do think, uh, Adam's value has gone up. You know, we saw those uh, two-goal game he had. He had an empty net goal in the one against Buffalo. I mean, he's been scoring a lot more. He had that hat trick earlier in the year. Uh, I definitely think his value's up there. I, I love the dude. Uh, I'd like to keep him on the team on a personal note, but I, I think he's probably up there. But what do you think? Uh, you know, there's there's people out there saying Vetrano is, you know, going up there, obviously, with 20-plus goals already this season. Uh, people are thinking he's in the mix. I mean, what do you think, Eddie, about some of these guys – um, that could potentially be on the move as that trade deadline comes up. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, Adam Henrique is making a noise. He's making splashes. He was, uh, you know, a big uh, rumor mill thing last season at the trade deadline of players that wanted to acquire him. He can provide, uh, like I said, the, uh, a bottom six row. Like t- uh, teams in the uh, contending for a cup now have to be three, uh, pretty much three uh, centers deep. Adam Henrique can go on that second line center. He can go on that third line, provide that that offense, that creativity. He can uh, give that leadership to teams. He can provide that that physicality as well. Uh, he's an all around uh, a good player, and he'd be an asset to any contending team. The Bushkin too. I, I remember I read something. I don't know where. I, I don't really care how to source things. It gets annoying sometimes. But um, I know Toronto. I know everyone says Toronto, but uh, that's one that um, they were looking into. I think he's going to be gone too. The Zegris thing, I don't think he's going to be gone. He's hurt. But even before that, I think it was just, like I said, these these so-called analysts throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if it sticks and just to get more clicks to everything. I don't know, Mike. We can post something on Ducks and Pucks that McDavid is frustrated with the Oilers and wants to come to Anaheim, and that will probably blow up for a day until people realize it was bullshit. But um, John Gibson, though, is an interesting one. I'm... I like John Gibson. I think he's done great for the Ducks, but I think it's time to move on, a change of scenery. Um, I don't think it's fair for him as well as a player. He, he's he's kind of stuck in this limbo. He's wasting his prime years on what a rebuilding team. This team's not going to be a. They're not going to win a cup next season. They're not going to win a cup the following season. Like I said, there'll, there'll be much improvement a different team next season, but it's not going to be a complete one eighty. This thing is uh, checkers. Or I'm sorry, this is chess, not checkers. When it comes to being a Stanley Cup team, I think what's going to happen if they don't trade him, he's just going to kind of waste his his prime years. And then once those uh, our team is ready to come uh, compete for a cup, we're going to have Doss or another goalie that, that in the pipeline, kind of surpassing him and being that number one. And what you just have Gibson as a one B, and when we could have got or a one C. Uh, if Doss is still in the mix, and it's just it doesn't make sense to me why keep him why Verbeek. I remember listening to the interview of Verbeek saying why would we trade a goalie like that? Like why would you keep him when the team's this bad? He can 
he can fetch a huge return right now. There's a lot of teams that need goaltending. A lot of teams that are on the cusp of getting a wild card spot, and goaltending is a big factor for them. Why not try to make something happen? Get the best possible return you can for him right now and make this Ducks a better team. Get better prospects, a better player that can fit with our organization. I'm not saying Gibson's doing anything wrong. I'm not saying he's at fault for anything that's going on with the Ducks right now. But what's what the hell is the point of keeping him? Like It just makes no sense. Let him thrive somewhere else. Let him have a chance to win a cup. He's given everything he had uh, has his organization, and he he's he's he'll be respected for that. He'll go down as probably one of the the best goalies in in Ducks history. Like I mean, obviously he's not going to be up there, but he's he's be one of those. But let him go and and get some assets for him. I don't understand why these GMs are so inclined to not let him go. Yes, he has a skill and he's he can be. Uh, a, a top goalie in the league. I think on the right team and a team in front of him, he he has a, a Vesna season left in him. He can he can get that, but it's not going to happen with the Ducks. So I just don't understand why they would just keep continuously hold on to him. But I mean, for for the most part, that list is right. I don't see anyone else. I can see where guys like Leeson or or Johnston they, they want that like bottom bottom heavy for the playoffs, but. I can't really see anyone else going. Um, everyone's gonna get calls on these teams. Like I, I don't know, some people on their on their little uh, pages post like, oh, you know, I'm hearing that this calls and calls on Zegers. Yeah, everyone's gonna get calls on, on anybody. It's just that's the name of the game. If you're a GM, you should be doing your due diligence. You should be calling on and asking about any player. Um, all what all other teams should be calling the Ducks like, hey, is Leo Carlson available? No, okay, that's it. Uh, that's 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 called business. I think the only uh, the only five players that aren't going to get calls are those five players that mysteriously went on, um, I guess the the leave of absence following yeah. uh, that that sex scandal <laughs> that we'll talk about later. But it's just that's the name of the game, and you can't sit there and say like, oh well, you know, we heard a rumor that Zegers is going to be traded, blah, blah blah, and think you're you're cool because you're breaking that news. No, you're a dumbass. Like everyone can be traded. Everyone's getting calls on everybody. That that's that's how business works. If if you need a, a, a course on business and how hockey operations works, go on YouTube or stick your head in the ground and, and try to see if you want to make a trade with Worm A or Worm B. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny seeing that lately. There, uh, So much stuff came out about Zegers after the Drysdale trade, obviously. And then there were people like, well, the Ducks are taking phone calls on Zegers. I'm like, well, yeah, every team is taking phone calls on players. Like, that's just kind of common sense. But... You know, they're all trying to, like you said, get people to read read their articles or whatever on this. And uh, I, I just don't see it. I actually had a chance recently to talk to Verbeek about Zegris. And I asked him, I just said, so, you know, like, what's the deal, uh, Pat, with, the, with these rumors with Zegris? I just asked him straight up because I was like, I didn't care. Uh, just was like, I'll throw it out there. And, and it was, he had an interesting response. He said that other teams think... Zegers might be available because of the Ducks' depth at the center position. So the way he said that, you know, he said other teams think, you know, they that he might be available. So to me, it sounds like he's not available from what, you know, if I'm reading between the lines. I mean, that's what he told me. He didn't really elaborate on that, but he was just saying, well, yeah, we have a lot of centers, so people think we're going to trade a center. I do think that's true, but I think the center you're going to trade is Henrique. That's who you're going to trade. Uh, Zegers is out. 
and he's not going to be back till sometimes close to the trade deadline. Um, the Ducks do have a lot of other centers, you know, in in there. They obviously Lundestrom, Carlson, Strom, Carrick, uh, Bo Grew is a name I would watch. Uh, you know, I have I don't know I could see him being moved, and of course McTavish. So you know the Ducks do have a lot of centers. So you know I if they're going to trade someone, I think they will trade a center. Uh, Henrik being one of them for sure. Uh, could they trade some other ones? Yeah, I think they could, but I, they're not going to trade Carlson. I don't see them trading Zegras or McTavish. M- you know, maybe Carrick if someone wants a role-playing guy for a bottom six, you know, type thing. So that that's that's kind of what I look at there. I, I just don't I don't really see it. Everyone's going nuts over that. The other people on that list that we talked about, uh, Labushkin. Yes, I could see something going on out there. Gibson, of course, Gibson's name's out there. Uh, Freeman kind of put it down recently and said no. But you've got teams out there that need goalies that we've talked about. Uh, Carolina's still without Anderson. And their other goalie uh, just got uh, hurt, so he's out. Uh, New Jersey has issues. Uh, Philly is missing a goalie now because of what we'll talk about in the league news here coming up in a second. So you still have teams that need goalies. So I would look at that. Um, You know, the Ducks have plenty of centers. So, you know, trading Henrique to me makes the most sense of that group. If they're going to trade one, if they're going to trade two, then then maybe Carrick or, or Gru is who I would think. I, I would think that they would build their center depth around Carlson, Zegras, and McTavish. I think those are the three that you want in there that you don't want to trade. But I mean, we'll find out in the next month or so what happens with this. But tons and tons of rumors out there. We had one guy, uh, a rush of ducks on Instagram, asked, "Do you think the trade talk will die down when the injured players come back?" Um, no, I don't think the trade talk is going to die down. The trade talk's going to die down when the trade deadline's over. <laughs> the, the Ducks are going to be talked about up until the trade deadline. Uh, that's just the way it is. Regardless who comes back, who doesn't come back. Um, you know, as soon as the Drysdale thing happened, Zegers got shortly injured after that. And these freaking rumor articles kept on coming. And, and these trade boards, uh, I think it was Cervelli that had, you know, Zegers in the top five and all this stuff. It's like, come on, guys. Like, let's be realistic here. So the trade rumors aren't going to go away. It doesn't matter when these guys come back or, or how long they're out or whatever. The, the Ducks are a rebuild team. There are teams out there that are, are looking to make that push, you know, to go to uh, the Stanley Cup or, or make it, you know, at least a deep uh, run in the playoffs. So these names are going to be thrown out there. It is what it is. But my feeling from talking to Verbeek, I, I just didn't see any like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited to trade him. It just seemed like he was kind of more like, well, they just think that, you know, we have depth there. So we're going to move him, which it sounded like he was more dismissive of, of those rumors. And that and that's just the conversation he and I had. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he does trade Zegers at the deadline and, 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 and I completely misread what I got from him. But... My feeling from what I talked to him is it wasn't like he's actively shopping him to try and go out there. Is he getting phone calls? Of course he's getting phone calls. Every GM is getting phone calls in the month or so leading up to the trade deadline in hockey and every other freaking major sport. So when I see those reports about, oh, so-and-so is taking phone calls, they're all taking phone calls like Eddie talked about. Like, just knock off with the common sense. The sun comes up in the morning, right? It's the same shit. Everybody's getting phone calls. The question is... What position are these teams in? How many phone calls are they getting? And you know what? What are they willing to move? What What do they think is part of the you know the long term plan? 
uh, for the Ducks. And I, you know, I, I think he's still here for now. Can he be traded down the road? Yeah, maybe he does get traded down the road. Um, one other little side question about trading before we get to the league news: We had the mighty jerseys asked us if, if he he said Uncle Rico gets traded, does McTavish wear an A? Um, I think that's a high probability because you've you've had uh, Henrique wearing it and a couple of the other guys wearing it. Sometimes when players are out, you'll see other people rotate and wear it. Uh, I, I think it's a possibility, but this kind of goes into the other thing. What I'm annoyed about is that we still don't have a team captain. So. I, yeah, I'm kind of tired of that, and I actually I actually talked about this with uh, Solani recently, and I asked him, you know, who do you think should be the team captain? And he he mentioned Terry as one of the players that he would like to see as team captain. So um, that's another you know thing that it's obviously not going to be addressed this season. It's something that's going to be hopefully addressed next season, but. Uh, McTavish is another one too that I could see possibly being captain. So you know, to me, I think it, it may be between those two. Um, if you're gonna pick somebody that's you know you want to be with the team for a long time, obviously you know Terry. They signed that big long contract. Um, it would make sense. I, I do like McTavish. I think McTavish has had some issues lately with his play. Um, you know, too many penalties lately. You saw in that game against Buffalo, they they put him kind of with more defensive line with um, uh, Silverberg and Lundestrom, which was kind of interesting. He'd been playing a lot with Strom and Vetrano this year. So, uh, you know, maybe they're trying to fix some things there, maybe get him a little bit more, uh, you know, not not so much in penalty trouble and a little bit more, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, discipline playing defense. So kind of some things there to look at. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add about the trade stuff, Eddie, and then we'll dive into the league news uh, to wrap up the show. Yeah, I, that question um, uh, about a rush of ducks, it's not going to stop. And if they're injured or not, it's not going to stop. There's like, what, six weeks left before the trade deadline? It's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get crazier. Um, you know, I, I talked to Frank uh, Sarah Valley too. <clears throat> I, I tried to invite him on the show, but then I found out he smokes crack. That's why he makes so outlandish trade things, and he just throws out things. So I was like, no, we don't want that person on the show. Such a joke. I'm so kidding about that. But... It's not going to die down. It's going to keep going. Um, I, I told you, too, at the game last night, Mike, that whole line with McTavish was kind of a weird line, but it worked. I think the whole uh, with McTavish, he's just getting frustrated. He's letting his emotions take over. You can't blame him for that. He's still a kid. He's still learning. It's, it, he's not like a, a seasoned vet like Getzloff. You know, back when Getzloff first started, and he's, he was coming up, he had that temper, and he... He did things that he would have done differently after that, and then Getzoff became one of the best captains. Actually, yeah, one of the best captains in, in Ducks history, if not the best captain in Ducks history. Um, I'm frustrated with you on the whole there's no captain thing, Mike. I think we need a leader to lead us. Right now, it's just just a bunch of che- or just a bunch of <laughs> I guess um, a bunch of uh, chefs in the kitchen, and no one really has that established thing. Um, I could see McTavish taking on that that captain leadership just the way he is. He he live, lives and breathes hockey. He he cares about the about the play and and he wants to just he, he's like he's like Jonathan Taze. He's captain serious. He you don't really see him cracking jokes or he just wants to go out there and handle business. He's an all around great hockey player. He he can do it all. I can and I like seeing that he has a wicked shot. I love it. 
like you said too, the whole penalty thing is is a little, being a little bit excessive right now. But I think that's more frustration, and that's something that he's gonna have to mature and learn how to deal with that. Uh, the first penalty he took what was it like what when that player tripped over the the whole rally monkey. I think he was the one that got that penalty. <laughs> um, uh, th- that was something dumb. But you're right. Uh, these things are. These things are, are kind of the part of the growing pains too of a, a young player coming in the league and wanting to, especially a player like him who's been regarded as more mature than his age since he was a kid and always wanted to, to win and real competitive. And these are professional athletes. They don't come over here just to make a paycheck. I know like it, it seems weird to say like, oh yeah, you're making X amount of money and, and you don't care if you win or lose. But some of these players are most of these players. They have pride and they want to win. They want to show the product. They want they want to win for themselves. They want to win for their team, that logo on the front. They, they want to come over there and, and and win for the fans. Like it just That's the way the nature of the game is. And it's just, that's how it's going to be. Um, I really will be disappointed next season and let down if the Ducks don't name a captain. That's something that's extremely important. And we'll keep harping on that. Um, right now, it's just I think McTavish will be the captain, but not this season. But I still I, I still think they should have named the captain this season. I wrote an article too recent or not recently. It was a while ago, but I thought um, Henrique should have been named captain. He could have led the team, and he has that leadership ability. I think most players kind of see him as as that captain role on this team. How he does everything. He he's everywhere. He can play on any line and. He's not going to bitch if he gets dropped down in the third or fourth line. I, I know he's played in the fourth line a few times this season. He just he, he wants to play. He wants to he wants to win. He wants to make the players around him better. Um, I think that's that's a good quality of a captain. As far as this McTavish were the A full time, I would say no, not th- this season. If Henry gets traded, I think we have Gudis would be a good candidate to wear that A. Um, also, I think uh, Vetrano, he leads by example on the ice. Or even Strom, too. I, I think Strom, Strom has some little spice to his game, too. And he goes out there each and, and every night and, and does his thing. But I don't think it would be... Not, uh, you know, just, just let McTavish kind of grow into the game and, and let him kind of just organically let that, that letter get burned in, uh, on his chest. And, and it's going to happen. Just why rush it? Yeah, and so I, I'm with you. I, I, you know, as far as the rest of the season, regardless who gets traded, I, I don't, I don't really see it being a big issue. I mean, yes, if Henry gets traded, could McTavish have it? Yes, I think the other names you threw out there as well, Vetrano would be a good one to have at Strom as well. Uh, Gudis, my other half loves Gudis. She she finally got her Gudis jersey, which she also wore the game against Buffalo. So that was probably some good luck too. But you definitely have other people on there. I'm not really concerned about that part other than like you said the captain thing for next season so um yeah i it's, it's kind of what we've got on what's going on with the ducks right now we'll we'll go to the last part and I mean, there's a lot to talk about in this league news uh, stuff that has just gone on yeah eddie before we get into the league well you know what i i, I want to be, be able to <clears throat> sorry so sorry to cut you off mike i want to be sorry. able to say one thing um kind of a, we forgot to mention and you, you fans are probably gonna you probably heard it right now already, the new intro song, Mike. Holy yeah, 
I, it got yeah. me fired up when you said it to me earlier. I was at work sitting here grinding. I, I, I do cybersecurity if you guys don't know. I'm not going to tell you where I work, but that's what I do. It's boring. It's dry work, but I'm over here just doing my thing on the computer. I see Mike's messages. And I was like, what the heck? Send him the fire emojis and, and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, Mike, good job on the, um, the new intro. And like I said, thank you guys for following and more changes to come on, on the show and on Ducks and Pucks. But yeah, I wanted to just make sure that we uh we talked about that but man that intro gets me fired up yeah we we changed up if you didn't notice the beginning a little bit it's the same kind of script obviously with uh you know phil hewlett talking but a little bit different music just we've kind of had the same thing for a while we're like hey let's change it up so i hope you guys enjoy it and let us know if you like it because I, I the other one is I, I don't even know how long we've had the other one but it's been a while so um yeah, so wrapping up the show here, the the league news, uh, a lot of stuff going on. First off, Corey Perry was back in the news. He ended up signing a one year deal with Edmonton, which is you know kind of weird. Uh, you think about the comeback on Catella. I wonder how those guys <laughs> feel with him on the team, but he's on Edmonton now. Uh, we still don't know exactly what happened in Chicago. Um, John Scott did talk about on his podcast about him getting drunk and, and possibly making a pass at a, at a media person. But then now he posted that he retracted that. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's there's some truth to that somewhere in there because that's kind of what we heard before is that he got a little bit tipsy and kind of acted a fool apparently. Um, but regardless, he's, he's back in the league. He's with the Oilers. Uh, the Ducks and the Oilers will play at Honda Center on February 9th. So I anticipate Perry will be in the building. Be interesting to see how everybody reacts and, and whatnot. But uh, interesting. Um, I didn't know if he was going to be back or not this season, Eddie. And, and here he is. So what are your thoughts? Oh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel that something should have been made public. Especially with everything going on with, um, and we'll talk about this later with the, with the NHL, with Chicago and all that stuff. Just be open and honest what happened. Like, if you can't do that and bring that public, then you're no better than the NBA and the NFL that had this, these numerous issues going on for so many, uh, so many years and they swept it under the rug. I think there's some truth to John Scott, what he said. You're not going to say something. And then retracted. I think he had an oh shit moment. He said something he probably didn't mean to say. Which happens to all of us. And Perry, if he got drunk and, and made a pass. I mean, it shit happens. I, no, no, I'm not saying that if he was being totally disrespectful and disrespecting the women. But if he's like, hey, what's your name? Or he was talking and she said no and he just went away. I don't see an issue with that. Like I've I went up to girls at bars before when I was drinking. I talked to them, either they talk to me or they say they're not interested, and I walk away. I say sorry, you know, sorry, or you know, walk away. Just normal. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I can't really say more. I think if it was more than just a pass, and he really was being disrespectful to a woman, I don't think he would have been back in the league. Nor where he should have been back in the league if that happened. He shouldn't have been. But I think it was just one of those things that just happens to the best of us. Um, if if anyone's ever drank, I think it happens to a lot of people. If you, if you don't drink, that's good for you. But think of this. In your life growing up, 
Have you ever made a mistake, regretted something? Um, it, it just happens. Like I, I regret things now as an adult. What I've I did as a kid, being disrespectful of my mom, um, being selfish sometimes to my dad when I was like ten or eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. It's just that's the nature of life. That's growing up. Perry's never really had anything, or never had anything like this throughout this whole entire career, and then all of a sudden this. Um, so it's just it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that John Scott went back on his thing. So I don't know, like if it was like he knew what was going on. It was like told him in confidence, and he said it on the show, whatever. Perry's back. He's he signed with the Edmonton Oilers. It's funny because <laughs> all the history that we have with the Edmonton Oilers. I was listening to the um his press interview too. And apparently he almost got traded to the Edmonton Oilers when the Ducks had him. They traded, almost traded him along with the first-round pick for Mike Comrie uh, back before the he signed with the Ducks. But I guess there was a contract dispute with Mike Comrie, so that didn't happen. Um, there's some kind of contract with money with Edmonton. Perry was asked about Kessler's goal if it counted. He was kind of chuckling and made, made comments like it passed the line. Toronto seemed to count it. The league made it count, and we ended up moving on, so it counted. So that was kind of an icebreaker. They did ask him about the whole incident that happened over there in, with Chicago. Of course, he declined to talk about it. And then they asked him if he's going to file a grievance to get that, that money back from Chicago, and he declined to talk about it. Him declining to talk about it is seen, or kind of making it seem like he's going to probably, him and his agent will probably file a grievance. But um, I don't know. It just... I guess my whole thing with this, Mike, I think the league should be more transparent on things like this. I know people on the flip side of the coin saying that these players deserve their privacy and it's none of our business. But you know what? You're a professional athlete. You chose that just like actors and all that stuff like that. I'm not saying be paparazzi and and go take a picture while they're taking a piss or something. But the way that some of these incidents are going with the league. I think it's important to be transparent with with everyone and be open. Like, hey, this is what happened. This player accepted responsibility for it. He got help for his for X, Y, and Z. But here's here's the incident in question. Everyone shuts the fuck up about it. No one's talking about Bedard's mom or, or a crap like that. It's just it's done and over with. You can nip it in the bud right there. But the league, how they handle things, it's just so crazy because now you leave it to interpretation. And let all these idiots on social media blow it up with stupid-ass rumors. And, and now it's just, it, it just blows up something it shouldn't have blown up to with when it could have been easily just, hey, here's what happened. Let's Here's our official press release. Perry, you know what? Yeah, I, I understand. You don't, you're ashamed of what you did. I get it. But you're a professional athlete. If you want to move on in this league, let everyone know. Let all the air out. Cool. You'll have, no matter what, on social media, you're never going to please anybody. You can be the pulp on social media. And there's always going to be someone that's going to bitch and cry about it and always have something to say. That's the nature of the game. If you don't like it, get off social media. Go live in Antarctica. And I'll probably join you one day. One day over there because I'm getting tired of, of people. I know in like 50 years when I'm older, I'm not going to be around anyone. I'll be just be by myself over there in Antarctica. But <laughs> I, I think um, you know, I, I think it's important to be transparent. But I'm happy for Perry. I always said he wasn't my favorite duck on the team. I one of those fans that never really liked. I mean, not like didn't like Perry, but he wasn't one of my favorites um, on the team. But I think Edmonton is going to be good with Perry. Um, with the whole Evander Kane, they had someone worse. 
I still have my regards for him, but I mean he's doing well over there. So hopefully uh, Perry can and his he can put this behind him and and people can stop speculating. But I really do hope that I, I mean Perry himself too. I, I hope that one day when he's done or or whatever he can just hey here's what happened. I learned from it. I, I drank too much. I realized I was having some issues. I got help and boom he's a, he's a man about it and that was it. But yeah, well, welcome back to the league, Perry. I think he's wearing number ninety. I, I checked earlier. He's wearing number ninety with Edmonton. So, so my my question to you: What do you think his the reaction for fans are going to be when he comes back to Honda Center? Obviously, him in an Edmonton Oilers jersey is going to be weird. And you know what, fans? Too real quick, random thought. And I would love you guys for this. Everyone, bring comeback on Catella <laughs> posters. <laughs> and show Perry's goal. That'd be awesome. But yeah, Mike, what do you think the fans are going to react to, or how they're going to react when Perry comes back on the ninth? I think I think most of them will will be excited. Um, I, I think to, to see him and come back. It seems like a lot of the fan base is still really you know pumped up when you talk about Perry and they like Perry. For me, it's kind of a mix. Uh, he didn't sign with the Kings, thank God. Uh, I would have really been pissed off about that. I mean, he was with Chicago, which that that didn't really make me happy. Um, Edmonton's kind of like eh, but um, Edmonton's on a roll right now. I mean, they're they're kicking the crap out of everybody. He has a great chance, you know, with that team to go win a cup. So I I, I see why he picked that team. I mean, yeah, they do they do choke. We all know that Edmonton's choked a lot, but I mean, right now. I mean, they're they're playing some pretty damn good hockey, so I, I don't blame him for going there. Um, but I, I'm with you. He wasn't like my favorite player of all time or whatnot. I mean, I, I liked him. I was glad he was on the team. I, you know, he, I thought he did a lot of good things. But uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people will probably be happy um, to see him back playing. There might be a couple boo birds, you know, out there, but. I'm definitely going to be at the game. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see him back playing and see how it unfolds. But the bigger picture is what you talked about: the transparency. It's extremely frustrating uh, with that, um, and that, that leads with the other thing that just came up too, which it's not really new, but it, it's come up again: is the whole World Junior thing with the uh, Team Canada 2018 that resurfaced. And uh, apparently the London Police Department uh, has asked for five players to come turn themselves in for this whole sexual assault thing. And, and that's London, in uh, Ontario, Canada, by the way, not, not England, just so we're, we're straight on that. But, uh, you know, you have these players and then magically you have four players in the NHL and, and one in the Swiss League that all are, are, you know, asking for, you know, taking a timeout or a leave of absence for personal reasons. Um, and there are five players who, you know, happen to all be on the 2018 Canadian hockey team <laughs> for the World Juniors. Uh, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. It's not related. But, you know, th- I mean, this whole thing, it, it, that's the part that gives it a bad name, unfortunately, for this sport. You know, at the junior level, the NHL level, AHL level, whatever, just the, the sport of hockey in general. You have this stuff with Perry. You have the other stuff, uh, sexual assault type stuff that happened with the you know the Blackhawks back in the in the day. Um, you've got this stuff that's resurfaced again. Uh, I thought it went away, but now it sounds like uh, you know they're going forward with it. I guess the police department's supposed to have some kind of press conference in the beginning of February, 
uh, and it's another black mark. I mean, it's just that that part's what's frustrating for me is I would like them to be more upfront about that. And, and it does go with what Eddie said. I mean, the Internet's the Internet. We've talked about it. social media, social media. People are going to say what they're going to say. People have an opinion. People, especially on Twitter, like to attack other people, um, especially you know, fans of their own fan base attack other fans, which I think is pathetic. But, uh, you know, and there's people on there that just go on there to stir up, you know, trouble anyways on any social media. But the problem is when you have these incidents, this stuff with Perry, uh, you know, you know, this other uh, sexual assault stuff and and, you know, not naming the names or going into the stuff. It, it's, it's just dumb because people figure out some of the stuff already. Like pretty much everybody figured out the five players names right away. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take long, but. The other part of it is you're giving more ammo to the the environment or the system, whatever you want to call it that we have in place, which is the regular media and social media. So if you have a situation that comes up and you don't provide details, then it gets crazy and gets out of hand. And because we have so many social media platforms now, uh, that's what's going to happen. It runs rampant as opposed to coming out there and saying, hey, yeah, I got drunk too much and I said some appropriate stuff to somebody or I got in a fight or what, whatever it was, right? If it's a legal thing, then okay, and you're going on trial, then obviously it's a little bit different. You can't quite talk about that because you got to go to trial. You, you got to figure that kind of stuff out too. But you could still be at least a little bit more upfront that, hey, some kind of incident happened and involved whoever involved and now it's going to go into a court case and then you know it comes comes out that way and i feel what's frustrating is like eddie talked about you have the other sports uh basketball football big time um try to cover up stuff and and keep it under the rug and and now you've got these different allegations that have come up with hockey at different levels for various things not just the same thing and and that's the part that's frustrating it's it's better just to come out and, and say, hey, this is this is what's going on. Um, other than if it's like I said, something for legal reasons, then you let them know. Because I mean, <laughs> the internet's just gonna run wild. Um, and, and like I said, as soon as this thing came out against the World Juniors again, I think it was like within an hour, someone posted, "Well, these five guys took a leave of absence and they were on the team." I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, guys. People are gonna figure out some stuff, and then the other stuff they're just gonna make up. And so you're gonna have to control. Uh, you know what the stuff that's made up you're never going to be able to control it a hundred percent just like Eddie said people are going to air out their opinions they're going to talk out the side of their mouth they're, they're going to throw out weird stuff to get likes and retweets and shares and all this other kind of stuff but you can at least minimize it by coming out and saying hey this is what happened and you know we're moving forward or yes this is what I can tell you now and we have to go to court or what, whatever it is so uh, you know, it, it's just kind of frustrating for me. It, you know, you want people to be better and um, it's just tough. It's a tough, you know, pill to swallow when you see these things going on like that. And and then people run wild with it because then you you've, you yourself have to like kind of audit what you read and be careful of what you reshare. And, and sometimes I'll talk with other people about stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's complete BS. Other times we don't know what it is and I don't dare want to post it because I don't want to contribute to that. You know, I, I rather try to talk privately with some people and see if I could figure out what they're hearing or whatnot. 
Um, but that's not what people do. They just they post stuff and they run wild like, oh, this is what happened. And then, you know, everybody goes nuts. Like Eddie talked about the thing with uh, Bedard and, his, and, you know, the mom and all that. Like that was just disgusting and complete bullshit. And, you know, and I, f- I forget who, who started that nonsense. But you get stuff like that going and it's frustrating. So we'll have to see what plays out. I don't know if we'll ever hear the full truth about what happened with Perry. But if it was something super serious, I don't think he'd be back in the league and be allowed to play again. Um, Eddie mentioned that as well. So I don't, I don't see that um, as being how bad it was. Obviously, he did something. But you've got that. And then, you know, this thing with the World Junior players, it's just going to have to play out. It's it's now a criminal legal matter. So I don't know all the facts behind it. I just remember it kept getting resurfaced again and again. And, and now uh, the London Police Department feels that they have enough justification uh to charge these five people with whatever the exact allegations are um so you know it's going to be a distraction for a couple of these nhl teams um the flyers and you know the devils and whatnot that are going to be missing some of these players but uh, it's going to have to uh, play out in a court of law um uh, you know and then we'll kind of see what happens there but kind of a dark cloud unfortunately in the sport of hockey uh, right now eddie yeah, it, it's really it, it's sad, and I'm a really big like advocate about sexual assault against that. So it's a uh, it's really um, it's it's really it's kind of heartbreaking uh, just knowing that if it's true and there's a victim out there, that's what I don't I don't like. Um, right right now we don't really know much. You can go and I, I've been reading articles. I'm not going to go in the detail of what I read. You can do that. I know uh, if we have if we have listeners that have. You know that are victims of sexual assault. It might trigger something, so I'm not going to go and talk about that on the show. I do want to say this before I get into this conversation that if you are a victim, there's help available. The National Sexual Assault Hotline one eight hundred six five six four six seven three. Um, or talk to someone. Or, or just know you have a voice out there. Don't think you're alone. Don't think you have to hide. Don't think you did anything wrong. So if you are a victim listening to the show, um, there's people out there, there's resources, so um, make sure you make your voice heard because you shouldn't be quiet. And if someone did harm you in any way, they should be prosecuted um, to the full extent of the law. In my opinion, I think they should be hung and dead, but that's just my opinion. But this whole issue, Mike, uh, it just goes back with transparency. It's whole sexual assault thing. I hate that we have to talk about this, but it's league news. It's trending right now, and it's just unfortunate that this has to happen. I, I get a lot of teams are really not, they can't really go out there and say the reason why it's an official police investigation. There's a defamation, there's libel issues that, that can happen with this, especially if it's an ongoing investigation. And they're not really, it's just, uh, I guess they're, it's, it's not, they're, they're not guilty yet in the court of law. So I get why they're more kind of hush hush on this, the minus the Perry thing, but. It's just sad to see. I really hope. Uh, I mean, part of me hope it's not true, and part of me hope that a, a person wouldn't lie about and put these players into that. But if it is true and these players are guilty of it, then I really hope that that they're punished. It, it, that there's there's no other way about it. I don't care how their status is in the league. I don't care what they are. I don't care how sorry. No, there's there's no way you could be sorry about uh, sexual assault or anything like that. You're a piece of shit. You deserve everything you get, everything bad in your life you get. But, I mean, I think it's safe to say that these players just randomly go on a leave of absence when the London police, Ontario police in Canada want 
five players to come in and and talk about about that. It's just, I mean, we're not stupid. Like everyone can kind of know that what's going on. One thing I want to point out: part of that junior team was Sam Still and Max Comtois, former Ducks players. They weren't named in this. They didn't take any leave. They're still uh, just still doing regular duties and stuff. And then Kel McCarr too. You know what was sickening, Mike? A lot of people were hoping and saying on Twitter that they hoped Kel McCarr was named in in this whole sexual assault thing, like wanting him to be part of it. Like I don't understand Twitter. I don't know what makes you guys on Twitter or social media think you're so superior and you can run your goddamn mouth without content. I, I guess behind a screen, I, I've been attacked. I'm not really attacked. I've been accused of stuff on Twitter as most recently. And I try to, you know, I try to respond the most respectful and cordial way to have a conversation. But you know, I'm like, fuck that, dude. Like, if you have an issue, come to my face and say, I'm so tired of these idiots on, on, on social media thinking they can get away with running their mouths and saying crap and and thinking that they're they're in their little high horse which are hiding behind a screen. It's just it's time to stop. It's just this whole social media game irritates me. And I just what I, I'm I'm not younger. I'm, I just turned what for 37 now. I'm at that age where, and I grew up where if you have something to say to someone, you say it to their face and you handle it like a man or a woman. Uh, but it's just crazy how social media blows up. And and I don't know, that just kind of triggered me wrong where people were saying, oh, I hope Kale McCarr was part of the sexual assault. You hope a, a player was in, was part of a, a sexual assault? That's just that's just crazy, Mike. Like sometimes I kind of like, like what am I doing on social media? Like why can't I just delete it all and just kind of just live my life normally and it's just crazy how people get. I really feel if this is a if this whole action is true, like my thoughts and prayers are to the victim, and I really hope that she can get the justice that she she deserves. And if on the flip side, if it was just a made up excuse just for money, which happens before, then I hope these players are exonerated. But it's just of things I'm reading, Mike. It's not looking good, and it's a, it's a really black eye to the league and hockey in general. Um, that's just, I, I don't know what more to say, but it, it's time to just be fully transparent with this uh, National Hockey League. Like, be be better than the sport. You've always been better than the, those top sports that had to sweep things under the, under the rug. Uh, just just kind of the, set the, the, stat, the standard and tone. And things like Perry, uh, things that, that have issues that are going on, just... Time to be transparent. Okay, if he if he did make a pass at someone, if he did try to have an altercation with an employee, or if he if he did was just out of control drunk, just say it. There's nothing wrong with it. He he fixed it. He got help. He got he wouldn't have got signed with the team if it, there wasn't uh, something that was fixed with him. It, it's just time to be transparent about things. I'm tired of this whole like oh we're not going to discuss it. We're not going to discuss it. We're we're going to sweep it under the rug, especially Chicago like. And, and like you said, the whole, the whole Bedard mom thing. I know it was a big joke, but that's still freaking disgusting. That he's such a he's he's still a kid, and you're talking about his mom, and he can't defend himself because he's a professional athlete. He's a going to be a franchise uh, top player in this league, and he can't go out there and say f you guys and and screw you guys for talking about my mom. How do you think that affects him? Like, how do you feel if he's talking about your guys' mom or your guys' father, our brother, our sister? It's just. I think the whole thing of it too, Mike, is like people on social media have to be better. Like everyone, it's not just the whole league. It's everyone has to be better. Yeah, it's a it's a great point, man. I mean that that's that's the thing, and it all kind of interlocks and feeds into each other. If you 
have a situation where they're not giving out as much information, then people start running with stuff even more. And like you said, you have people that, that make up allegations. Um, you have people that can get involved in things and it ruins their life. You, you know, you have people talking about other people's family members and stuff like that. You know, if I, if I was an athlete, I wouldn't even be on social media. I, I see no desire to do it. I don't even have like uh, so, some of the social media accounts. I don't have personal accounts. I, I have a couple of accounts that are, are for hockey and that's, that's our sports, you know, and that's, that's really it. Um, uh, I have a like a personal Facebook because I keep in contact with a, a lot of people, uh, family and friends that I've known for a long time. But yeah, I, you get wrapped into these things, and 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 yeah, I think I think social media is good in terms of of news and maybe staying connected with uh, people that you know and whatnot. But then the bad side is this side of it too, where you have these situations that come up, and then it it spirals out of control. And and you got to remember that there. <laughs> You, you know, you may think it's funny you throw out a post or whatever, but I mean, you're, you're talking about someone else's life or their family and stuff that's going on and uh, it can affect those people too. So, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's the thing. But I, I think you summed it up right. You, you just got to be better in general. Um, you know, you, you put out negative energy, you're probably going to get negative energy back. You put out positive, you're going to get positive, you know, maybe not all the time, but, you know, I rather put out positive energy. That's just kind of the way I, I operate. So... A uh, couple other like kind of quick things to kind of wrap up the show is you've got Patrick Waugh that's also back in the league. Kind of a controversial guy, but he's now the coach of the Islanders and, you know, obviously his connections to Colorado. Uh, what, did, what did you think about this, Eddie? I mean, this kind of surprised me. I, I didn't think he would come back and coach at all, and now he's back. Uh, it's weird to see him in those colors. I'm glad he's back in the league. Patrick Wall was probably one of my favorite players growing up. Him and Solani were my idols. Uh, I always grew up, I loved the goaltending position. I tried playing it, I sucked at it. But it's just crazy to see him coach the Islanders. Um, it's crazy to see him with the Islanders too, with the with their GM. He's real strict. He's real by the, you know, it's my way or the highway. He makes his players clean shaven and everything. Patrick Wall's issues with the Avalanche. Where he didn't have any control. I, he was he was like vice president of the team. He wanted more control. Um, when I was over there, I got to watch him and me. I actually ran into him one day. I, I took a wrong turn at the practice facility and bumped into him, and I was kind of starstruck because that's a goalie, like I, a guy I grew up watching it and liked. Um, he's a hard coach, but the whole issue was he wanted more control. And back in Colorado, when I was there, uh, talking to people that write for the team at that time. They were saying one of the issues with Nick Holden when Sackick traded Nick Holden to the New York Rangers, that kind of like pissed off Patrick Wall because he wasn't part of that and he wasn't he wanted more control of the team. I, it was kind of weird that the Islanders um, he took a job with the Islanders because he's not going to have any control. I think Lou Lomarello um, kind of solidified that, saying, "Hey, this is this is you know I, I'm the man here. You're, you're here to coach. You're not going to have control who I pick up, who I trade." Shave your face, shave your beard. He's all clean shaven now. So um, Wall did admit too that he was uh, he he made some mistakes in Colorado. Uh, on top of that, too, um, uh, just kind of abruptly leaving the team because he didn't get what he wanted. So I mean, we all grow. Like no matter how old you are, uh, you can be the oldest person or the youngest person. Just like always, room to learn. And every single day, you learn something new. So I, I wish him all the best, but it still it just seems really weird. To see him in a New York Islanders colors. Varlamov was happy. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, he's played for the Avalanche. 
Patrick Wall coached him too, so he was kind of a, a I think a quote saying he had goosebumps knowing that Patrick Wall was going to come back and, and coach him again. So that was good to see. Uh, I'm glad to see him back in the league. He's a legend, and I think he learned from his his mistakes. He went down uh, to the you know Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and, and I guess those kids taught him as much as uh, he taught them too. So I think he's going to be a good coach. I think people are going to come in there and respect him. And, I mean, he's Patrick Wall. What's not the respect for him? And I hope he has the success and he can help lead the Islanders to at least get into the playoffs or a wild card spot or next season kind of change that whole dynamic of the team uh, after they fired uh, Lane Lambert. Yeah, it, it's it's weird seeing Patrick Wall and Islanders blue and orange. I don't like and it. That, and, then, <laughs> and then Perry and Edmonton blue and orange. <laughs> Very, very weird seeing these guys back. Uh, couple it's like the things. multiverse, yeah. Mike. It's like the whole multiverse. Like, yeah. What's going on? Are, are we going to see Getzoff go and coach the Kings or be an advisor for the Kings next? Like, I would probably die. Yeah, it's just, just we- it's been a weird uh, week or two in the world of hockey. It's just been weird. Uh, you know, another thing that came up too is they released the All Star jerseys. Oh my God, these things are horrible. Um, like yellow, red, blue, looks like a kid drew some stars and threw them on a shirt. I mean, ugh, this is bad. I, it's just all the way bad. I mean, I'm glad Vitrano made the team. They did all the voting. You know, no, no other Ducks players got on there. But holy crap, man. I mean, you know, some of the All-Star jerseys are kind of eh. You know, uh, some of them are better than others. But, uh, man, this, you know, talking about another weird sight uh, <laughs> lately uh, with hockey. I mean, dude, what did you think these were as bad as I thought they were, Eddie? Oh, they're terrible. I, I just, you know what? One of those things, it's like, when I saw these happen, I was hungover when I saw them I was on vacation. I'm like, this can't be true. This is like, what's going on? Just like when the Ducks announced they traded um, Jamie Drysdale, I thought it was fake. I thought they were hacked. And then again, I thought it was hacked when Patrick Wall got, went to the Islanders. I don't like them. They're, they're terrible. They're ugly. I guess Justin Bieber had some influence in them. I don't know if he was smoking that crack <laughs> or something, but yeah, they're they're not really good. I guess it's a whole like those jerseys reflect the whole All Star game because it's kind of a joke, anyways. And a lot of players don't want to be there; they rather have that time with their families and stuff like that. But I guess we could just hopefully uh, the women's when they play their their game, they have different jerseys and it can kind of top with what we see in the All Star game. They did announce their captains too, Mike. They did announce um, Justin Bieber, of course, is going to be one of the ca- the celebrity captains. Will Arnett, uh, Tate McCree. I don't really know a lot about her, but ob- obviously she's uh, she's headlining to uh, perform at the All Star Game too. So I'll probably look her up and check out some of her music. Uh, just to kind of ex- broaden my horizon. And then Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé is like a fanboy. I heard him on one of the other podcasts, and he was talking about... He just loves the game. He loves hockey, and I think he'll be good um, being one of the celebrity captains. I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably skip out on the All-Star game like I always do. I, I don't really I don't really like it. It's, it's kind of whatever to me. I think it's cool, the whole million-dollar skills thing, competition. That's going to be cool. I'll probably watch the women's uh, when they compete. And the mascot... <laughs> on the mascots, too. I'll probably watch that, but... I don't know. We just just hopefully that weekend will go by fast, and we'll just get back to some real hockey. And 
And hopefully no one gets hurt. Like, we all know what happened to Jonas Hiller at the All-Star game. He was never the same, and he had to pretty much be done with the NHL after that. So, and hopefully our... You know what? Hopefully, when that weekend comes, Mike, they'll be like, April Fools, or like, early April Fools, here's the real jerseys, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wishful thinking. Well, another uh, wishful thinking i guess is uh the last thing we'll cover is the expansion of the nhl you know about the oc vibe and how they're building that all up apparently they are building up uh an area in downtown atlanta as well there's been talk about them trying to bring a team back there again and now the latest other city has been salt lake city Uh, same thing that they're talking about building up an area and having a team there so kind of interesting we've we've you know, heard some of these cities thrown out there before. Uh, they've talked about Quebec getting another team back. Obviously, they had the Nordiques back in the day. Uh, I think it's interesting. I, I, the Salt Lake City one, you know, if, if it can work, I, I'm, I'm good with it. I think it's great. Atlanta, they tried it and it didn't work. So I, I don't know how, you know, if that's going to work. And I'm still kind of curious what's going to happen with the Coyotes, too. That, you know, it's kind of been kind of a mess over there. Um, they're still trying to figure out where they're going to play. Are they really going to stay in Arizona? Are they going to try to go to one of the, uh, you know, these other cities or whatnot? But, but what do you think? You, you think hockey comes to Salt Lake, uh, Eddie, or, or what other cities would you think? I don't know. I, I don't really see Salt Lake over there having a, I mean, yeah, the Olympics and everything they have over there, but I think that that's what they're known for. I don't think they can have a successful hockey team. I may be wrong. Atlanta, like, like how many times are you going to strike out? Uh, they yeah. have the the Calgary, well, yeah, yeah, the Flames over there, Atlanta Flames. I'm sorry, not Calgary, the Atlanta Flames. They had the Thrashers, which yep. was an underrated logo. That logo is pretty much put awesome. Like, what are you gonna put next? Like Atlanta Third Chances, <laughs> <laughs> like Atlanta Threes. I, I I don't know. Um, I know Houston's been a, a big one. I've heard. It's not gonna happen, but I'm one of the people that would like Winnipeg to have, or not Winnipeg. I'm sorry, Quebec to have a. Uh, those are Nordiques back because the jerseys are amazing and that'd be cool. But the league wants to capitalize their their money and everything and putting a team in Canada is not going to get them the revenue that they can get that come over here. Um, I don't know which other teams, uh, which other cities that would be good enough to, to get an NHL franchise. Um, Houston, um, I don't know. I mean, we can do, I guess... Throw another team in LA. They have two basketball teams, right? <laughs> they have two. Oh, they have two baseball teams. Apparently, Los Angeles Angels and Los Angeles Dodgers. Why not the Los Angeles uh, Coyotes? I don't know if that makes sense. Or Los Angeles Baldwin Hills. I don't know. I'm all for an expansion team to to make the, the league grow, but I don't know if it's the right time right now to do it. And I doubt that the Salt Lake City can can kind of be successful. We just had Seattle come in not too long ago. Just let this let this ride for a little bit and see where it goes, and then we can find out what's going to happen with the call. Or I'm sorry, not the college team. Well, sort of the college team, the Arizona, um, whatever you call them, which college team. And go <laughs> yeah. from there. You know the whole issue yeah. is Mike. The the Coyotes don't have a venue to play in. Like it's just there hasn't been a proposed thing for them to go. And I don't know why they're so holding on to them of staying in Arizona. Why like. If this, I think if this would have happened to Anaheim, they would have been toast and done. L.A. would have had another team. Los Angeles Ducks of Anaheim or some crap like that. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this season and what's going to happen with Arizona because you can't play at a college stadium forever. You have to have some kind of thing. And 
who knows? The league might just throw a little audible and, and do like a little, not expansion, but just switch their team like they did with the, the Thrashers. Like, it's like one day it was the Atlanta Thrashers, next day they were the Winnipeg Jets. So, wait and see. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll be, I nice. I'll, I'll be nice. I don't want to talk crap about Arizona comedy that much. You know what, though, Mike, about Arizona? Those jerseys, like those, like, well, the Kachina jerseys are called. They're so sick. I like them a lot. So that's one positive thing I can say about uh, the Coyotes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You would think maybe they'd go towards the Phoenix area or something. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, that's where you got, you know, the majority of the population in Arizona. But how about yeah, Bullhead, Arizona? Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Although this is too close to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be interesting. So you got them building up Atlanta, they're building up, you know, Salt Lake City. It seems like there's that's kind of a trend lately is that these bigger metropolitan areas are, are trying to build up places where you can um, you know, go for sports and then, you know, concerts and eating and movies and shopping and all that kind of stuff. So uh, just some stuff to monitor uh, with the league, but um, yeah, we're gonna man, <laughs> we're almost at two hours. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. Uh, we got a, just a lot of stuff came up, uh, especially in the last I'd say three four days. So um, appreciate you guys listening. We're still doing the show pretty much every two weeks. Uh, remember, we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Check us out on all the platforms. Uh, you know, all the sponsors are listed in the description box down there. And, uh, you know, we just uh, appreciate your support and let's go Ducks.